Hello, and welcome to the Deep Overstock Fiction Podcast. I'm your host, ZB Wagman, and this week we have a special episode celebrating the release of Deep Overstock Issue 14, Magic. You're listening to Episode 2, The Turn, featuring work by Kumam Al-Madid, Kate Falvey, John Delaney, and Timothy Arlise O'Brien. Opening tonight, we have The Magic of Living by John Delaney. John Delaney moved out to Port Townsend, Washington after retiring as a curator of historic maps at Princeton University Library. In 2017, he published Waypoints by Pleasure Boat Studio in Seattle, a collection of place poems. 20 Questions, a chapbook, appeared in 2019 from Fishing Line Press. Now here's The Magic of Living by John Delaney. Hello, this is John Delaney. I would like to congratulate the Deep Overstock editors for their fun and stimulating issues, The Future and Magic. I'm very happy to have a poem in each of them. I'd like to read them for you. The first one is called The Price of Getting Old. It disappeared in Future Issue. The Price of Getting Old. First, the cost of blood work and biopsies to analyze the contents and properties of your state of ill or well-being. The cost of prescription drugs to regulate your bodily functions after your deductible or Medicare-allowable discount or amount. The cost of physical therapy to improve the limited motion of your muscles, joints, and limbs that succumb to numbing pain. The cost of x-rays, CAT scans, and MRIs to determine the sources and extents of your conditions for a clearer diagnosis and prognosis. The cost of open and shut surgery to remove what's not needed, what part can be replaced, what went terribly wrong for so long. The cost of DME, durable medical equipment, the cane, the walker, the wheelchair where you finally commit to sit, tallying up the hospital bills, the specialists' invoices, planned premiums and scheduled payment fees, swallowing all those pills, asking, how can you now afford it? The second poem appears in The Magic Issue. It's called The Magic of Living. Out of the proverbial top hat, like a rabbit, pulled. Imagine that was your beginning. The tooth fairy, Santa Claus, imaginary friends with extraordinary powers, turned your focus and jurisdiction to hocus-pocus and adventure fiction. Language lent a sleight of hand to every word that you would understand. It could animate the heartless, motivate the remote, create the absurd, then capture the impossible, conjure the invisible. With youth and health, you could pretend there was no end. Love made you a mind reader, compassion and forgiveness a sword swallower. A master trick was to keep your heart pumping after it was broken. Everything was billed as death-defying, because you were a survivor. The days spilled over. 
Even in hard times, the crack of your soft smile could fool us and make believe this was worth your while. All acts would lead to your straitjacket escape when the drums rolled as I drew back the black drape and opened the locks, a shroud of linen in an empty box. Thank you. Next is The Wool Gatherers by Kate Falvey. Kate Falvey's work has been published in an eclectic array of journals and anthologies, including the Mysteries issue of Deep Overstock, in a full-length collection, The Language of Little Girls by David Robert Books, and in two chapbooks. She edits the Two Bridges Review, published through City Tech and CUNY, where she teaches and is an associate editor for the Bellevue Literary Review. Now here's The Wool Gatherers by Kate Falvey, read by Robert Eversman. The Wool Gatherers by Kate Falvey. Millie and Adela waggle their toe sacks through the stile, grazing the beach hedge as if they were moony golden sheep instead of moony dun girls, meant to be sharp-eyed, not dozy and slack, watching for bits of fluff flimsy in the scraggly brush. They trod on silver thistle, quaking grass, bramble and brom, plucking buttercups and bluebells instead of Cotswold wool tufts, as they rambled toward the witch elm with its withered arms scratching at the flowering sky and giddy at their coming. Jasper George and little Letty Hawkins scramble close behind, pockets and willow baskets trembling with unease and wispy snags of fleece picked from the splintered slat and seed-pod, roughened, creeping vine. There is no spell that will make the boys quicken to their tasks, or give Letty longer, bolder legs, or make the fiddle riffs of lapwings less eerily enticing, or the yellow whisperings of ladies' bedstraw less lulling, less beguiling in the webs of shivery light. Millie and Adela drop their sacks and drag the boys along within the dreadful rushing of their voiceless howling, their feet still sniffing the spongy ground for little Letty as they dash through her sudden vanishing. Through the blue and yellow flower froth, they whirl their arms and pell-mell hair away, past the tell-tale milk-blue twitch of thread whimpering from the lowest grasping witch-elm branch, where little Letty's basket fell, and nowadays is a small tussock fluffed with yarrow and wreathed by wild windflowers. Next is Lessons in Technical Magic by Timothy Arlise O'Brien. Timothy is an interdisciplinary artist in music composition, writing, and visual arts. His goal is to connect people to accessible new music that showcases virtuosic abilities. Check out more of his writing and his full discography at his website, timothyarliseobrien.com. Now here's Lessons in Technical Magic by Timothy Arlise O'Brien. A Lesson in Technical Magic by Timothy Arliss O'Brien Written with an Artificial Intelligence Word List Generator 1. The Magic of Technology Long ago, the solemn presence warned night. Purplish, black, crystal traveling, what remembered his name. Not even hope was there. The winged edge falls out the globe. Many centuries since, 
Magic still lingered, but technology prevailed. Steel can always adapt. Lateral balance is what invisible magic was. Pagan hands work quite extraordinarily. The results, the most disdainful. Enchanting light yells coldly. Absolute beauty, make them aware. The sky and the earth dare me. The touched one rings. You smile. Two, the technology of magic. Breathing silver, you awaken. There is indescribable, you rebellious wolf. The intermission must understand you. Say certainly. Retain that ecstasy left like hope. The fall belongs. The tombstone, the globe fantastic, supernatural, lovers in the shroud, does not exist. Intolerable noises. More. Tonight, humanity can finish. Glance. Don't receive. You are longer. Willing. Recognize human. This claim. And conclude. The work not done. Closing tonight is Awaken by Kumam Al-Madid. Kumam is an author from Qatar who believes in magic and the existence of fairy worlds. She started writing in 2007 when she was attending Qatar University to study mass communications. She now works at Qatar University as a section head of media and publications as she dreams about her next novel. The Lost Rose is her debut best-selling novel. Now here's Awaken by Kumam Al-Madid, read by Michael Santiago. Awaken. He finds her sitting on top of the kitchen stable, a hand holding a book, dark side of the universe, and her other one lifts an apple to her mouth. She bites and chews. Peeking through her dark, long hair, her eyes, those ruby eyes he missed, focused on the book. How is this possible? She isn't supposed to wake up for another 260 years. This didn't make sense. Who woke her? And more importantly, which side did she choose this time? Is she here to bring peace or create chaos? He doesn't know what to do, how to deal with this. He is used to a life without her, without them. He's unprepared. The image of his wife and little boy sleeping soundly upstairs brings him terror. Is she here to hurt them? Does she even know they exist? And... As if she had read his mind, she looks up at him, the book sliding from her hand, and she says, I see you've started a family. His fist relaxes the gentleness of her words. She is choosing peace, he hoped. Isn't it wrong to have a family? She says. The corner of her lips rise and her eyes gleam. Her soft features twist into a feline glare, killing the hope and lighting a fire in his heart. The spark reminded him of his superpowers, the powers that could destroy cities at the snap of his fingers, the power he hid for almost a century. Dropping the apple, she crosses her legs. She looks so thin, like a starving model. Oh, 
how he forgot how fragile they were after they awakened. She wore a long leather coat that hugged her slim form and brown pants that hid under an ankle boot. She's already familiar with the fashion of this decade. This means she's been here for a while. Unlike him, she had time to prepare. The last time he woke up, he felt lost, empty, and simply bored. He didn't want to play the game anymore, and with that came the decision of stopping the pattern he loved and hated so much. You don't understand our language anymore. She hisses, tilting her head. I understand, he replies, his voice steady. He will never show weakness. He is and will always be the strongest of them all. And having a family is not wrong. She climbs down from the table and glides towards him with poisonous mercury dancing in a mirror. It's just so. She circles him, one hand sliding from his chest to his back. Unfair. She stops before him. When did chaos care about fairness? How was she awake? She tisk. Oh, but that's what we do, dear peace. We bring balance to the world. We're not meant to live it. Or she grabs his shirt and pulls him closer, hissing. Was that a lie you told me before you cracked the skull of one of, of the one I loved two slumbers ago? Her eyes flare with anger. He remembers that day like it was yesterday. It was one of the rare times they chose to be on opposite sides. It was his idea to be chaos while she was at peace. She never truly forgave him for that fight. He should have known. It's part of the game, you said. She spits her fingers digging into his chest. We control life, right? Before he releases his power at her, she lets go and snaps a finger. Every frame that holds a photo of his family cracks. You think I will allow you to harm them? He is fed up with her games. I don't care how you woke up. Let's not forget who is more powerful, and if I put you under once, I will do it again. He lets his power seep through his eyes and fingers, intimidating her. But she only laughs. Oh, darling. She tries to calm her laughing fit, her hands on her stomach. You're so cute. Oh, darling, you thought you could escape the game. She straightens, her features sharp, eyes gleaming red, her powers rippling around them. She stands before him, darkness incarnate. All of us are awake, darling, and we are all coming for you. This concludes The Turn, episode two of our special event celebrating the release of our 14th issue of Deep Overstock, Magic. You've been listening to the Deep Overstock Fiction Podcast. Our theme music is the song Shibuya by Bad Snacks. Don't forget to submit to our next issue, Shakespeare, before November 30th. Visit deepoverstock.com submissions for specific guidelines.